Hello, and welcome to Thrive, a podcast that gives you strategies and inspiration to help you live your best life. Learn from us, two cancer survivors, as we show you how we don't just survive, but thrive. Hey, I have something really exciting to share with you and uh, kind of a save the date type of moment. November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, Dara and I are putting on a Thrive Retreat. It's going to be at the Art of Living Retreat Center located in Boone, North Carolina. And we are going to talk about how to thrive and make the most out of your life. We are going to be inviting our close, intimate friends, our followers, our community, and this will absolutely sell out. We are purposely going to keep this seminar small so that we can connect and build relationships with everybody that's there. Details will come out soon, but put the date on your calendar, November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Hi, I'm Garth Callahan. I am a five-time cancer survivor and the original Napkin Notes dad. I've been writing notes to my daughter, Emma, and sticking them into her lunch ever since kindergarten. I'm Dara Kurtz, author of the book, Crush Cancer, available on Amazon, the book I needed when I heard those terrifying words, you have cancer, and creator of crazyperfectlife.com. I am so happy to tell you that this episode of the Thrive Podcast is being brought to you by The Tea Spot. I love drinking tea, and The Tea Spot is some of my favorite teas. You too can enjoy their teas and get 15% off of all of your purchases by going to The Tea Spot and using coupon code THRIVE. Check it out. You'll be glad you did. Today, we're going to talk about being resilient. And Garth, you know, when I was thinking about this podcast and I was thinking about the word resilient, do you know what came to mind? Oh, I can't even imagine. (laughs) The very first thing that came to my mind when I think about someone who is resilient is you, is you, Garth Callahan. You are an incredibly resilient person. And even when you just say, said your intro and you said, I've been diagnosed with cancer five times. You still, every single day, you get up with a smile on your face and you have a positive attitude and you are committed to helping other people, making the most out of every single day of your life, spreading joy. It doesn't mean that you don't have your moments, but you live every single day the life of someone who is resilient. So I know you didn't expect me to say that, but you know, I want you to tell our listeners what the secret is about being resilient after hearing the words, you have cancer five times. Okay, so um, just for the record, this will now be the third podcast episode in a row that I have tears in my eyes. Um, Success! (laughs) I, you know, um, there's a a big part of me, I, I don't necessarily see myself that way. And, and I get it, right? I absolutely understand. Yes, I am resilient, but I don't necessarily wake up every morning with the intent to be resilient. And I also put a lot of thought into this topic and was, was really thinking about what makes people resilient? What makes me resilient? Is it something that we're, is kind of ingrained into our heart and soul? Or is it something that you learn? And the more I thought about it, the more I really came to the conclusion that it isn't something that human beings are born with. We are lazy. We like to take the easy way. We like sugar and we like fat and we don't want to eat our vegetables and we don't want to exercise and we don't want to work. We want to bang on the drums all day, right? And there's a certain amount of 
effort that we need to put in to achieve things, even if things appear to come easily to somebody. You know, let's look at Michael Jordan. And I am not a sports fan. You know, for those of you who are listening in, and this might be your first episode, I I don't think I've ever mentioned sports before outside of Emma playing softball. But if you take a look at Michael Jordan and his success on the basketball court, it wasn't because he was a naturally gifted player. For those of you who aren't sports fans, you might be surprised to learn that he didn't make the varsity team his first time trying out. I love right. that. I actually am such a Carolina fan and oh. and actually yeah. love Michael Jordan and Carolina, ba- Carolina basketball. So um, you, you picked like the only person I know, but you're right because people just assume that he was born with that talent and that he was this amazing basketball player. They don't realize all of the time, energy, effort, commitment that he had to put in to even get get on the team. Right. And, and he, you know, whenever he failed, he went back to the court and practiced more, right? When it, whenever something bad happened, he didn't give up. And he said, you know, I'm going to become better because of this failure. I, I, I will, I honestly have to say that I don't know that I would be this resilient in my health crisis if I didn't have a daughter. And part of, you know, this is, I'm kind of choking up here. This is hard. This is hard. This is a hard topic for me. And Dara, I actually thought this was going to be an easy topic today. Thank you again. You're welcome. We, uh, we aim to please here at the Thrive Podcast. Um, there's a part of me that recognizes I am an example for Emma. I want her to look at me and think, you know, my dad doesn't give up. What I want her to take away from that is when she has situations coming up in her life that are difficult, that she either has difficult decisions to make or she has tough, you know, there's a tough situation where she might want to back off and and not work as hard. If she has a relationship that's going through a rocky patch, I, I want her to think back at me and this huge example that I have because you know, as much as I like to minimize the impact of cancer in my life, it's still pretty big. You know, I can't get away from that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want her to be able to look at me and say, you know what, my, my dad didn't give up and I'm not going to give up either. I think that it is very safe to say that you are a beautiful example to your daughter and to all of our followers and listeners who can look at you and see that you have been faced with a pretty big challenge, Garth. I mean, hearing you have cancer one time is really traumatic. Two times, very traumatic, I would imagine. Three, four, but then that fifth time, I mean, you know, I'm just so impressed by your resilience and your ability to, you know, say, okay, this sucks and... Now I'm going to figure it out. And that's pretty much what you always do. And I just think it's really incredible. And I do agree with what you said a few minutes ago that it's something we can learn. So for everyone out there listening, if you're facing a really hard challenge in your life and you've felt like, you know, you're going to toss in the towel or you're ready to give up. And then maybe hearing this today, maybe you feel like, 
okay, maybe there is something I can do. Yes, there is something you can do. Hey, Dara, you know, um, okay, so this is so weird because I'm going to go back to sports again. <laughs> and 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 people are gonna you know they're they're gonna be tuning in maybe today for the first time thinking man did i did i sign up for a sports podcast and not know it and, and just to clarify i'm a geek who likes lightsabers and math and, and when i get us and when i go to sports games i don't even watch the games <laughs> <laughs> so so do you know the phrase throwing the you know throwing the towel do you know what that's from i'm guessing it's from a sport. Yes, go sports. <laughs> Yay, sports. Yeah. Is it a um, football thing? No, it's boxing. Oh, really? Yeah. So when you throw in the towel, you, you... I'm not a big fan of boxing. It's very sweaty. Yeah, I'm. I, you know, I I actually have gone to a couple of boxing events. I, I I'm not a big fan either. Although I did actually take boxing in college for PE, and so the phrase "throw in the towel" is when the boxer quits because they've had enough. Here's the key that most people don't realize is that in my battle, mm -hmm. and I, I don't even like the word battle for cancer, but, you know, let's move Jer on from that. In your journey? I don't like journey either because journey okay. should be fun, right? Journey is like you got that little suitcase along, you're, you know, backpacking through England or something. We could get you a backpack and you could take it with you to all your scans. So in this cancer health it Thingy. experience experience right you know i can't throw in the towel no you cannot no 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 i can't do you know why because it's the coach's job to say the boxer's Ooh. done i'm going to throw in the towel it's not the boxer's job okay but i believe that the patient even if your doctor's even if doctors say to people you know what there's nothing else we can do for you oh my I doctor's not my coach Okay, good. Who is, so who's the coach? Lisa is oh, my coach. Really? Absolutely. I don't think I knew that. So if Lisa were to say, yeah. Garth, go ahead, throw in the towel. You would do it? I could throw in the towel. No, I didn't say I would do it, but I can't okay. do it until she says. That's giving and Lisa a lot of power. It is, but but the coach has a lot of power in, in the boxing ring. And so Lisa okay, is the one who, okay. who often says, hey, Garth, I've noticed that you're having a harder time dealing with side effects in the past week or two. It's been a while since you've taken a break. Why don't you take a couple of days off? Okay, so Coach Lisa gives you permission to take a couple of days off because she's kind of observing everything. Right. That's, And then she can kind of maybe see it a little clearer than you can because you're experiencing it. Right, because I'm in the middle of the fight, just okay. like a boxer. Okay, interesting. Can we get Lisa like a sweatshirt that says coach? I love that. You know, okay. you know what I think she'd prefer though is maybe like a, I don't know, maybe we could get a logo, like a <gasps> a, hand, a handbag with a coach on, a coach logo. You know, I get very excited about <laughs> logos. <laughs> okay. But it all does come down to every single day you get out of bed and you're happy and you're moving forward with your day because you're choosing to. And I know we've talked about this a lot in terms of, the power of someone's attitude, but I, I can't say it enough. I do believe that having, making the choice to have a good attitude is definitely half the battle in terms of being resilient. So I've been doing this for a long time now, right? So my, my first cancer diagnosis was about seven years ago. Do you know why I can get up every morning with resilience? Because I've practiced it. 
right? It didn't come naturally in the beginning and I wasn't very successful at it in the beginning, but I did it more and more. And so now here I am seven years later and it's almost easy. It's part of, it's your life. You're used to it. Right. That but, but just like Michael Jordan making free throws, you know, he, he makes it look easy or he made it look easy when he played. Why? Because it wasn't the first time at the foul line, right? He, he had stood there countless times making this free throws in practice and after practice and before breakfast. So, so what, do you, what do you say to the person who says, my life sucks and I don't feel good and I just, I, I don't think I can do this. What do you say to that person who is just ready to say, and it doesn't matter what the, what the, what the facts are, what the diagnosis mm -hmm. is, or just what do you say to that person who says, I just, I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm not strong enough. Try. Right. It, it, it's, it's, um, you know, there was this uh, note that I wrote to Emma and it was really not eloquent. It was probably one of my chunkier napkin notes that I've, I've written over the past 10 years or so. And it was something like, you know, don't be afraid to fail. Try, fail, try better, fail better. Right. So it was, was especially with a cancer diagnosis. And again, you know, we're talking about this through the lens of, of cancer patients, but this really applies to anybody in any situation where they have a barrier to overcome. Don't be afraid to try. And if you fail, learn from that failure and figure out how to try better. And if you fail again, try again better, right? Always be learning. And one of the reasons why I stress so much that I, this has been a seven-year process for me is that Dara, you, you've known me for a few years now and probably for the first couple of the years where we knew each other, I was struggling maybe three out of four days and managing my side effects was overwhelming three out of four days. And I have to admit that over the past few months, I have actually started to feel human almost every single day. I would say out of a two week period, I feel human 13 days. Why? Because I tried and I failed and I tried better and I failed better. I kept trying different things and I kept trying to, to incorporate different things and changes into my diet and t made small changes, little tiny baby steps over and over and over again. And I take two steps forward and one step back and sometimes one step forward and two steps back. And it didn't matter, but I was always trying and I was always trying to find the key and to be better and to feel better. And at this point, I feel really good most of the time. And I have one lingering side effect that is plaguing me. And now I'm just working on that one. I don't have to work on the other 15 that I have. I'm just working on the one. You know, what do you have to lose? I right? love that. What do you have to lose? I'm just, I'm so impressed with you. And I think you are such a great inspiration to a lot of people who find themselves in that type of situation where they've been forced to kind of go down the cancer path over and over again. And I, I just, I wanted you to really recognize what an inspiration you are. And when we talk about resilience, the name Garth Callahan definitely should be 
right there. You know, but you know, what, 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 what you just said is kind of what I was going to say today for our thriving tip. So I'm just going to kind of throw it in there now because it really fits right here. Oh, I and can't for, wait. For those of you who are listening, our thriving tip is just an extra little special nugget of wisdom or inspiration for you to carry with you. And the thriving tip today is don't be afraid to fail. And I think that our society we are so focused on not failing. You know, study for your test, but you don't want to fail. You know, don't let your kids get bad grades when they're, you know, in kindergarten or elementary school. Nobody wants to get an F. Nobody wants to fail. Um, and we kind of carry that attitude throughout our lives. And I think we get to the point where we're afraid to do things because we're, we're scared that we're going to fail. And so... If, if I look back on my life and, you know, that saying, the only things I really regret are the things that I never even tried. For me, it's so true. There are definitely things in my life that I regret that I didn't go for because I was afraid that I wouldn't win or that it wouldn't go well. And so if you can get to the point where you have this mindset of, you know what, I'm just going to try no matter what it is I want to do. I'm going to go for it. I might be a little scared. It might be out of my comfort zone. That's okay. And if I fail, if it doesn't work out well, guess what? That's okay also because there's going to be a lesson there, a lesson for you to learn, for you to take with you. And I guarantee the next time you are faced with something that you want to do, you're going to get that confidence knowing that you've done something before that you are really afraid to do. And sure, it might not have worked out well or it might have. But it's going to give you the confidence to to maybe go for it again. You know, Dara, I'm reading this book called Mindset. Uh, my my therapist actually recommended that I read it, not because I needed a new mindset, but because she thought it might help help me gain some insight to myself. And I definitely have that growth mindset, which is really talked about in the book. But you know, there are a lot of things that I've I've been kind of contemplating and and just going over in my head, just as you were talking and things that I was reflecting on back in the book and my own thoughts and beliefs. And I can pick the exact point in my life where I changed my mindset about something that I think has allowed me to fail better. Okay. I want to hear what it was. So I think right up until this point, and by the way, it was in college. Okay. I think that I didn't deal well with failure. Because uh, a lot of our nobody's taught how to deal right, with failure. Right, and, and I was a great student, right? So if I didn't get 100 on a test, I thought, like, you know, if I got a 99, I was You'd just You'd be the like, first, I failed, yeah. Right, I was the first loser, right? Not, right. <laughs> um, and so in college, I my major was German, and I had this great professor, Dr. Viesha, who, oddly enough, was Polish, like from Poland. And so he spoke German, but when he spoke English, it was with a really thick Polish accent. And in my very first class with him, he talked about how he was going to grade. As somebody who likes to succeed, I'm like feverishly taking notes, right? Because I want to know, how do I get the good grade? And he said, you know, hey, let's, let's talk about that C student or maybe even a student that's a D student. 
And you're thinking, that's not me. I don't need I know. to listen. I'm like, you know, <laughs> hey, dude, you know, I, I know German pretty well. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to ace this class blindfolded. Um, and by the way, it was a 17th century German literature class. So that's not something I w- was inherently, you know, good at. He said, you know, I've, I've got, you know, this this fictional student, John, who is basically getting D's. And he works really, really hard. And by mid-semester, he's working kind of at a CB level. And then by the end of the semester, he's working at an A level. He's worked really, really hard. So do I, you know, what's his G, what should his GPA be for the class? And I would say everybody who is new to Dr. Viesha said, well, his, his average, his GPA should be like a, a, a two or maybe a three, because if you take all of the grades that he's earned at an average amount, it's maybe a two and a half, 2.5. And he said, no, he gets an A because he has demonstrated that he has the ability and the knowledge to work at an A level. It took him a while to get there, but should he be penalized because he didn't know how to do the work in the beginning of the semester? No. Wow. I, I took that for the first time in my life and realized it's okay to fail. It's okay to try things. And you know what I did the next semester? I took a physics class. And did you fail? I didn't fail. Um, I actually got an A in the class. Of course you did. But I did it because I went in and, and it was You're out of your comfort zone. You gave your, perm- your you gave yourself permission to get out of your comfort zone and right. try. Right. I mean, as a, as a German major, as a, as a liberal arts major, physics was not a required yeah. class for me. And although I like math and science, I never took physics in high school. And so it was something completely new. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try because what's the worst that could happen? Think how amazing our lives would be if we travel through our day thinking, what is it that I really want to try and I'm not going to hold myself back anymore and I'm going to have that growth mindset and I'm not going to let fear get in the way and if I fail, it's going to be okay. You know, when you were talking about your grades, it kind of reminded me because sometimes like Avi is my youngest daughter, she'll come home and she'll, I'll say something like, how, how was your test today? And I don't micromanage my kids' grades. I never have. There's like a password I can have to go online and check their grades. I don't even have my password. Like I don't want to get in that space because they're, it's, they're not my grades. They're their grades. But they we talk about it. And so I'll say, you know, how was your test? And I remember one time she was like, oh, I failed it. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You studied really hard. You know, what do you think? What, what went wrong? And blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, what did you get? And she got like a 92 or something. And I was like, or or she got like, like an 89, you know? And I was thinking, when did a B become a fail? I don't want my kids to think that way because there's nothing wrong with getting a B every once in a while. You don't have to be perfect. You don't, you don't have to travel through life feeling like you have to be perfect all the time. Right. You know what I got in that boxing class? I I think I might've earned a B. Hey, if you are standing at the end of that class, I think that's success. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I, w- I will say that is actually out of all of the sports experiences I've had in my life, that was the hardest. I, I go back to times like that in my life where I um, and Dara, I don't know if you know about this, this about me. I actually went to survival school. I did not. Yeah. So as part of my training. Back when I was young, I wanted to become a pilot in the Air Force. I went to survival school. And part of that training involved me being captured as a prisoner of war. 
That and now that would be terrifying. It 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 was, and and even though in the back of my head I knew it was simulated, mm-hmm. right? It was still very real, um, and and very scary. But I learned, you know, that's that's a point in time in my life, and and I went through that right before, you know, a year before Doctor Vieja's class, where I learned that my limits weren't necessarily my limits, that I thought my limits were a certain limit, and. I could actually go a little bit further if I tried. I think that we could all take that lesson and apply it to our daily lives because we all have limits, meaning, you know, things that we think, oh, I'm never going to move in my up in my company past a certain position or I can't handle a certain client or just we all have limits. They're self-inflicted limits, whether or not we acknowledge it or even see it. But I think a lot of times we hold ourselves back from sure. being the from from having the growth that we really could have. And and I don't know why do you think we do that? Because it, it feels safe. When we hold ourselves back, we're not we're not risking failure. Right. We again, human beings are inherently lazy, and we want things to be easy. And, and look, that that's that's how we've been for tens of thousands of years. And it's uh, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable it to get a little bit out of your comfort zone and test the limits. You know, th- there's um, uh, and that uh, that really applies to just about everything in your life. It could be something as simple as you wear the same color palette every day. Yes. Right? I, I mean, I know that 20 years ago, 20, 10, 20 years ago. You could always see me in earth tones, browns, maroons, dark greens, things like that, because that was what I felt comfortable wearing. And if Lisa had come up to me with like a red tie, a bright red tie, I, I would have never worn that tie because it, it was outside of my comfort zone. And that's something, I mean, let's face it, it's silly. Your tie color choice is such a silly thing to, to stress about, but my comfort zone was that palette. And you know what? what? That palette didn't work with white hair when, when I got white hair and I had to kind of change how I dressed and I learned to, you know, kind of say, Oh, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. We definitely get a mindset that this is the way things are. And then it feels, it can even feel scary to kind of go outside that comfort zone. Even when we're talking about changing your clothes or even just like, a restaurant or the foods that you eat, right? I was just um, going to say that. You know, how many times do you go to the same groups the, of restaurants yes. over and over and over again? When and the order the same to... things. Right, exactly. Right? So, okay, here's a fun challenge for everyone listening. We're challenging you to take a very minimal risk, get out of your comfort zone, and go try a new restaurant that you've never gone to and order something that you've never really considered ordering. And you know what? I'm going to do it also. And I'm actually not a very open-minded eater. I'm not. Because, and it's not that I'm just so focused on eating healthy, but I'm also, I'm kind of a rigid eater. You know, my uh, a couple of years ago, my brother-in-law, my whole family went on a cruise for Thanksgiving. My brother-in-law, Rob. Yes, he I, told us. He told us right. lots. Of, yeah. He's a very rigid eater. And he tried something new at one of the dinners because he felt like there was little risk. And it turned out to be a huge game changer for him. And he discovered that he really liked Indian food. And there is little risk. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're not going to like your meal. Okay, 
that go home and have peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're going to get through it. So that's a fun little challenge for all of us. Okay, and so it, for those of you who do the challenge, you need to come and report back to us. So yes. go to napkinnotesdad.com slash podcast Q and tell us about your, your challenge experience. Um, also, you can submit ideas or questions there as well. And if you do that and we mention you on the show, you'll get a little token of appreciation from us in the mail. And we want to hear about all the cool things that you're going to do. So don't forget. So this episode is sponsored by Raw Vibe Designs. Raw Vibe makes the most beautiful crystal jewelry. I'm obsessed with one that has a quartz stone in it. My daughter has one. Emma has one. We absolutely love them. The triangle represents mind, body, and spirit and is all about healing and love. Check it out at raw-vibe.com. Use coupon code THRIVE and get 10% off with free shipping. Definitely check it out. You will love these beautiful jewelry, necklaces, and earrings and such that she makes. And we will um, make sure that we put that link in the show notes so yes. that you can get there easily as well. So Dara, I have a question for you. Yes, Garth. Why do you think resilience is important? I think if you want to have the beautiful life that you are entitled to have, there's always going to be things that come at you, challenges, obstacles, whatever. And I think if you want to have your best life, if you want to create the life that you truly, really want to have and be your best self, you have to be able to be resilient. Because if you're going to give up when someone tells you that you can't do it or something happens that doesn't go your way, you're not even going to get very far. And the potential that you have and the beautiful life that you have the ability to really create isn't going to happen. I, I couldn't agree more. Here's the key word that I'm taking away from what you just said. Create. Right? So most of us are not lucky enough or fortunate enough to be born into a family of wealth and leisure. And so admittedly, uh, people people have different advantages. You know, when they start a, a process, when they start something that new that they want to try, or they start a new business, or they start a new exercise routine, or whatever it is, their risk is a little bit lower than a lot of us. True. But in order to create the life that you want, you have to decide how you're going to build that, whether that's going to night school or going back to college, working really hard at the next level position above you and learning those skills so that when it comes time for you to be promoted, you're easily promoted. Or maybe it's something really simple. You know, when Emma was younger, uh, she started playing softball when she was about six and she's never had a lot of upper body strength. And so that kind of inhibited her in batting. On top of that, her timing was off on the swing. And so she would hit the ball straight down the first baseline. And you know what would happen? She'd always get out. Hmm. Because she couldn't outrun that ball that was already being hit down the, the baseline. I couldn't fix her swing. So do you know what I did? I took her to the batting cages one day and I taught her how to bat left-handed. Hmm. So I figured if I couldn't fix her timing, she would maybe bat the ball straight down the third baseline and she could outrun that, that throw. And it was a matter of telling her she could do it showing her how she could do it. And she actually said to me, Hey dad, you know, I, I, I can't do this. 
And I looked at her, I said, Emma, I have never tried to bat left-handed in my life. And I've been playing baseball since I was about eight. And I'm going to try it for you right now. Hmm. And I bought 20 pitches. And out of 20 pitches, I hit probably about 15 really well and just tried. And I said, look, I've never done this before. I tried it and I hit 15 out of 20. Let's give, let's give it a try for you. And she was able to then create a situation where she was becoming a better softball player. And to this day, she still bats left-handed. Wow, that's amazing. I, I have so many napkin notes that are about resilience or not giving up or just staying the course or whatever, however you want to describe it. I had a really tough time picking out a napkin note quote for today's episode. And I, I finally settled on one because it is, it's, it's harsh. It is a hard message to hear, but it's also a message that I take very near and dear to my heart. And I know that when I wrote it and I put it on the note and gave it to Emma, it really resounded with her. And this was what I wrote on the napkin. Do you remember that guy who gave up? Neither does anyone else. I mean, think about our stories and how much of a down note they would end on had you or I given up in times where we really needed to be resilient. Even if we both continued to lead nice, average lives, both you and I have had a lot of barriers thrown our way, both from a health perspective and just even from a, you know, standing up on our soapboxes for all intents and purposes and talking about cancer and our lives and how to be resilient and how to live your best lives. You know, when you're shouting from the rooftops like that, not everybody listens. And, right. and you have to not give up. You can't give up. No matter what it is you want to do, whatever that little voice inside your head is telling you to do, listen, take that chance, move forward, be willing to take some calculated risks, be willing to put yourself out of your comfort zone and try, try to bat with your left hand. I love that, right? I mean, and that's such an awkward thing to do. And, and for those of you who aren't sports fans or don't go to the batting cages on a regular basis, this is how you can simulate how awkward it is. Try to eat using your, your non-dominant hand. That's right? actually fun. Sometimes we do that. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the kids, if I don't feel like they're using very good table manners, sometimes I'll be like, okay, that's it. Switch, switch, and I make them like start eating with their other hand. <laughs> well, and, and you know, so I, I just have like to go a little fun game. <laughs> yeah, and and I actually can eat pretty well with my left hand because that's how they eat in Europe, and yeah. and it it was kind of considered bad manners for you to eat with your right hand, and so I quickly learned how to switch. But I remember it's almost like wearing your shirt backwards that day, right? You I mean you just don't feel comfortable, and you don't feel right. And but you know what? That's it right there. You're not going to feel comfortable when you're first trying something new and it's okay. Still keep trying. Still put yourself in that situation. That's how you grow. That's how you create the life you truly want to have. I'm Dara Kurtz, author of the book Crush Cancer. Check it out on Amazon and follow me at crazyperfectlife.com. And I am Garth Callahan, the original Napkin Notes dad. You've been listening to the Thrive Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast using your favorite podcast app. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please rate us. Check back next week for our brand new episodes. Thanks for listening. 
Thrive is created by Dara Kurtz of Crazy Perfect Life and Garth Callahan, the Napkin Notes Dad, with the hope that we help you develop motivation and inspiration to make your life remarkable. It would mean so much to us if you shared this with your friends and family and left us a review on iTunes. Remember, you deserve to thrive. Thrive Podcast is copyrighted by Dara and Garth.